Welcome to the Dr. Decision and Coach podcast. My name is Dennis McCurdy, a.k.a. Coach. I'm joined here with my partner in crime and cohort and friend, Dr. Leo Polizzotti, Ph.D. Leo has a Ph.D. in psychology and works with police officers and military all over the world. He's also a speaker and trainer. Dr. Polozadi is a firm believer that decisions we make every day create our life. Making better decisions empowers people to live better lives. Through our podcast, we will help you become aware of your decision process and help you think about what you want from your life and how your decisions affect that. Dr. Polozadi, or Leo, we like to call him Lee, actually. Lee. Yeah, I like Lee better. He it likes sounds Lee better. Funkier, All know? right, makes him sound cooler. Lee, uh, what's important about decisions? Well, they're all important. Uh, We make decisions, as people know, a lot of people realize, most people realize that they make decisions. But uh, we make them all the time. We make a decision to put our shoes on or wear sneakers, make a decision to what color clothes to wear, jackets, and so forth. But we're here looking more at uh, decisions for personal growth and development to help you enhance your life, be more successful, maybe even make more money, uh, and have more fun. In other words, decisions to personal growth so you feel good about what you're doing. In fact, reading recently that uh, the average person makes about 35,000 decisions a day, which is surprisingly, according to researchers at Cornell University, um, we make about 226 decisions a day just about food. Yeah, said that before. I don't know, Coach. It just sounds excessive. I guess every time you you move your chair two inches, it's a decision, I guess, uh, that that makes sense. But I think for the average person, and for me, actually, 35,000 sounds okay. But how many decisions... If someone said to me, how many decisions do you make during the day that have some importance, let's say? Not not critical. Right. I'd say probably... Maybe a hundred or so. That that could really is happen. that on your, from your research, Doctor Polizzani? Yeah, research. No, that's not from my research. <laughs> no. Okay, do I drink so a make beer or do I drink a glass of wine? That's I mean, right. that's a decision, but we don't. I don't. It's a decision, but we make uh, we do make a lot of decisions every day. We just don't actually consciously pay attention to them, and therefore we don't. They seem inconsequential to us, but all of those little decisions can add up. Well, they create our life and, and uh, moves us toward something or away from something. And we're, we put this podcast together, among other things, to help people make better decisions and be more effective setting goals and putting these decisions into practice and having a better life in general. Right. Now, are people make, aware of their decisions? And are they making those decisions consciously based on what they want? And that's well, really crucial. Everyone knows if, if you're going to go buy a new car, you're really thinking about, do I want this car? Or do, does it ride good? What do other people say? Maybe you do a little bit of research to see what other people say on the internet about a particular car. Like this thing I just got stuck with, a, a rental that uh, says uh, it stops every time I stop and the engine shuts off or something. I, I'm not used to that. But anyway, um, of course people know about that. But what they don't know are the decisions that are made unconsciously that really run our life that we don't really think about. And sometimes they'll come to consciousness every once in a while, 
oh yeah, well, I do that a lot, don't I? And then that just drifts away. But if you can, <coughs> excuse me, if you can really grab on to some decisions and try to be more in charge of your decisions, you're going to be more effective in your life. You're going to feel better about yourself. Right. And I think that that's the whole thing is being aware. Remember I said to you, you can't repair unless you're aware. You have to. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You have to really be, be able to pay attention to what's going on. It requires a little work at the beginning. In fact, I think if you wanted to know what your decision process was like or what kind of decisions you made so far, just look at your life because you made those decisions that created it. And that's the whole point is are you making decisions that are going to create the life that you want? The, the, I think about this situation with my mentor who did some studies on um, the happy person. Actually wrote a book called The Happy Person. Who was that? Harold Greenwald. He originated direct decision therapy, which is a model that I got involved in, and that's how I got all caught up in decisions, uh, thinking about them, studying them, and so forth. So what he did was he was asking people uh, if they appeared happy to him, right? Even if, uh, let's say, a waitress in a restaurant, and she or he appeared to be kind of happy, smiling, not phony smiling, but just appear to be happy. So he would say to them, because I was with him part of the time, you know, you seem like a really happy person. Are you happy a lot? And, you know, a number of people said, yes, I am actually, you know. Uh, things can happen, but no, I'm basically a happy person. How do you, what he'd get to is, he'd, he'd ask them is, how do you get to be this happy just ongoing as things happen? And he said roughly 75% of people that he spoke to that said they were happy when he said, why don't you decide to be happy? Because there is a quote from someone that I don't recall that happiness is not, not an automatic response. It's a, it's a decisive choice. It's a decision so happiness you make. is a decision. Exactly. Happiness is a decision. But the interesting part is that these people said, you know, uh, for example, I had this horrendous divorce I was so upset and money issues and the children and breaking up, that type of stuff really was so very upsetting for me. And one day it occurred to me, well, wait a second, I can go along being upset about this forever or I can accept that's what happened, but I'm going to be happy anyway and I'm going to try to be happy even though that did happen. And his book points that out pretty well, called The Happy Person. It's, it's, it's very interesting. It happens to be true. I've done a little bit of it myself, ask people, how come you're happy all the time? My uh, wife um, is happy quite a bit, even with me. <laughs> and she <laughs> That's a challenge. I, I guess it is. But sometimes I'll say, Kat, doesn't it bother you? I mean, and she goes, you know, life's too short. You know, I says, yeah, but that guy did this or that person did that or something. And she said, you know, when I had melanoma, stage 3A, which you could die from, uh, and I thought I could die, and then for years, I thought at any, any point it could come back. Who knows? She has now been clear, thanks to Dana-Farber, uh, for 15 years. If you don't know Dana-Farber, it's a famous cancer hospital in Boston. For 15 years. And she said, you know, that's, that's what happened. It's too, too short for me to worry about if someone is ripping me off at the store for $5, that type of thing. Right. With me, I'm a little bit more aggressive, and I'm kind of, wait a minute, you know, I don't care if it's $2. Uh, 
<clears throat> so for every, for basically what you're saying is that we have a payoff for happiness, or for not happiness, we have a payoff for our decisions. She decided to be happy, and her payoff is absolutely ha happiness. I mean, absolutely. I don't let things bother me. I'm just going to move on with my life. Everything that we decide, there's some kind of payoff or trade-off. Example. example. Exactly. An example I was thinking of is that this model I helped develop out of Harold's uh, direct decision therapy model is that the whole point of it is, is that decisions we make in our lives, growing up even as a little kid, things occur as a result of that. And if, for example, if you're a good little boy or something, you get an extra chocolate chip cookie. Well, there's, there's your payoff. And if you are not good, you go to your room for two hours or something like that, whatever it may be. But yeah, definitely there's, there's payoffs for that. A lot of you people know this. We're going to just try to help you make even better ones and be more effective. Right, and I think the, f the first step, like in anything, is paying attention and looking at and really thinking about why did I decide this? How's that working for me? And do I need to change it? Because we only get so much time in life and we want to make sure that we're maximizing our time for ourselves and our family and whatever we want out of life. It's the other day, Leo, you were talking about some a situation or talking about kind of the uh, an analogy or whatever it was like. Suppose you were 97 years old and you're sitting on your porch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, a, a book I read. And uh, what he said was, until, uh, well, the way I, well, I kind of summarized the whole book, you're sitting on your rocking chair, you're 97 years of age, and let's say there was a divorce previously in your life. If your life now was going well, you would think, I guess that was good, I got a divorce, things have been pretty good after that, and things have gone well with the kids. If things didn't go well after that decision to get a divorce, it would be, oh, I shouldn't have made that divorce, look what really happened. But his argument was, you literally can't tell sometimes until you finally reach the end, and you, you know, meaning that you're old and you're not gonna change all of that, and looking back and thinking, maybe it would have been different. Now, we all do that. I've done it. Maybe I should have bought that Honda instead of buying that Toyota or something, you know, like I was thinking of doing. Everybody knows about that. That's very difficult to work around unless you pay attention to decisions and you keep yourself conscious about what you're saying and doing, especially in decision-making. And maybe somebody should, people should sit, sit around, not sit around. Maybe people should think about keeping a decision journal for some of their major decisions, or at least maybe keeping a journal or writing things down would force them to think a little more deeply about those things. I think sometimes we make decisions just too fast, we get lazy, so we don't want to go out and get the right information or all the information, and we just jump to, jump to conclusions or jump into things. So taking our time to make better decisions can really have a huge impact on our life. Well, we're rushed. You know, there are people are rushing here and rushing there. And nowadays, people run red lights like it's nothing. That's a bad decision. Absolutely. 
uh, it's really not good. It gets really into a capacity. It'll, it'll happen, uh, unfortunately. I mean, I've made some decisions that didn't turn out too well. And what we do is we then we analyze the decision later on. Maybe if there was planning ahead of time on the decisions and which way to go, weighing the alternatives, options, thinking about it, looking at the choices you have and making a decision. It doesn't have to be a monumental one every time you do it, but at least it's stopped that way. Right. And before, the other day we were talking about the old uh, Ben Franklin chart, decision chart, right? Yeah. That Ben used to write down, uh, take a piece of paper, make, make make like a T across the top of the paper. One side was good way, good things to go, or one side was yes, and one side was no. Yes would be it's a good decision. No would be it's a bad decision. And he would go down all the various points, yeah. and then basically total up and see where he was. Yeah, he he would actually. Assign numbers to them, one, two, three. So you so. prioritize them exactly. Wow. Then he added up, and if this one said sixty-one, that said fifty-eight. He said, "Well, I guess I'm going with the sixty-one." <laughs> right, right. It sounds. Of course, that sounds simple, but I imagine sometimes, even though when something is that close, we might say, "Well, you know, mm -hmm. maybe I will go the fifty-eight, because mm -hmm. even though uh, there's more money, say, in this new job or something else, you know, that factor of." Uh, even though the total is 58, that factor of the five on I don't like the new boss may outweigh everything else. Well, a lot of psychologists argue that uh, people are controlled by their environment. Situations happen. That's true to a certain degree. They are controlled by their, their environment. They react to their environment, and in fact, that's control. So if you put in a decision part to that, then you take some of that control back. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I've had people say, well, I did this. I didn't really think about it that much, but things turned out great. That can happen. Absolutely. I was playing poker the other night. It's, it's not a high-stakes game, but, but still, we're playing poker. And uh, uh, so what happened was I get some cards, and I would need, let's say, one more for a straight. And for some reason, this particular evening, I went, Okay, let me see. I'll call and see if I get the straight. It comes through, and you're, you're excited. Wow, that, that worked out pretty well. Let me tell you, though, if you ever play poker, any kind of gambling games like that, if you do that ten times, eight times, you're going to lose. Yes. Yeah. I, think I, I think they actually call that luck, Leo. <laughs> Lee. Exactly. I think they actually call that luck, uh, Lee. It just, <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't keep happening well all the time. Right. Yeah, that usually the house is the one that wins most of the time. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that um, this whole thing about the critical decisions where you think about stuff versus uh, automatic decisions, A, B, C, D, of course you're, go you're going to go to work, go out to your car, press the button, whatever you have to do to start your car, glance at the gas gauge to make sure there's enough gas, these are all A, B, C, D. You don't really spend a lot of time thinking about that. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of people don't pay attention to that at all. Right. And you can't have everything programmed A, B, C, D. Part of the time you have to go, well, it's almost on empty, but I think I can make it. There's probably two gallons. I'm only driving 15 miles. Right. The hope being that's a, it's a good, accurate decision. Right. Every time I try that, my wife is always... See how the gas gauges? I said, ah, there's a couple gallons in there. We got another 50, 50 miles. So, 
But the, the, the <laughs> poker one makes me think of the person who goes into the local variety store and buys a lottery ticket, which we know basically is a sucker's bet. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, let's, let's face it, it's rigged so the house wins, which is the, the state or whoever's selling the tickets, the government. And they have a decision to make. You know, do I take my $10, $15, $20 and buy a lottery ticket, which you get an immediate rush from, a little dopamine hit, or do I say take that money and put it into an investment account where I don't get the dopamine hit, but I'm probably more likely to win in the long run. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are the kind of decisions that can have a tremendous effect on people's life. I sometimes will stand in line and see people spending $25, $30, $50 sure. on lottery tickets. I mean, if you do that every week, that could be substantial. And that's a good example of a lot of bad decisions. There are people who are addicted to that type of stuff. Right. Even more than that, there's some people who spend $200 buying tickets. I buy one once in a while. I think I'll buy a ticket today. Maybe I'll get lucky and win something. I have no real strong feelings that I will, but it's just it's like a fun thing to do. Sure. But some people, they get their paycheck. They run down to the store. Right. And there's a difference between that, making that decision to do something fun for a change of pace. I mean, I'll go into the, uh, have a cocktail at a restaurant, and I might they might have Kino, and I'll play $10 on the Kino. Mm. Then I won't do it for six months. Right. But those people who are making that decision consistently – it's a bad decision for them in the long run. And then people need to learn to pay attention to those kind of decisions that will tremendously affect their life um, in a good way or a bad way. I mean, you're all 25 or 50 or $100, or you have 25 or 50 or $100 put away somewhere for your future making money for you. Well, yes. What we are going to do, starting probably with the next podcast, is to and come up with some ways for you to be more aware of your decisions. Obviously, you know about decisions. But to look at the processes about how they come about, what you can do to maintain some control over them. You can't have 100% control, but you can have a lot better control uh, that would really improve your life. I think that's, you know, it's, that's really important. And I think that we... Um, Hopefully people will come back and listen, and I think we're at, we're at the end of the podcast for the day, so we wanted to leave you with a couple points. Number one, start paying attention to your decisions. Remember that you can't repair unless you're unaware. And as Leo said before, every decision has a trade-off or a payoff, and you need to start really paying attention to those and evaluating what the what the trade-off is. What am I getting out of this decision? Either way, and make sure that it works for you. Absolutely. Well said. Until next time, adios. <laughs>